Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Wendy Dillard here. Today is Friday. Happy Friday, June 22nd, 2018, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Your second daily dose of happy for the day. And the, sadly, the last daily dose of the weekdays for the week. But, of course, we pick it up again on Monday, so that gets happy again. But uh, the weekend is almost here, Wendy. People are getting excited. They're getting happy. Well, unless you've already been happy, then you're not getting happy. You're maintaining happy. Well, that is the goal, isn't it? I mean, the goal is to not just be, you know, riding the roller coaster, but to actually stay up on the upper tier all the time. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, it's been quite a week. I mean, I, I, I don't even want to try to describe what my day has been like other than to say it's been usually hectic. <laughs> but uh, good things happening, good things happening, making some progress, and, and that's really the main thing. And uh, Well, what's I, important, even in a hectic day, is how have you been able to maintain your um, happiness quotient? Exactly. Well, that's what I mean by making progress because, <clears throat> excuse me, I've had, once again, more opportunities to uh, negatively spiral, and I've refused to accept the negative spiral. I've actually cool. been able to stay on the positive side. There was one particular incident today I don't really want to get into on air, but it was very unpleasant. And I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, okay, so let's see. Where is the good news in here? I know there's got to be some. <laughs> and I guess you know, when you're in it, when you're in it, that's usually not the time that you're going to receive the answer to that. But it's a great thing that you even ask the question. Well, I, I can't tell you everything that happened for a variety of reasons. But what I can tell you is this. There was a very unpleasant thing that occurred. I handled it as well as I could under the circumstances. And... It led to an unexpected series of events where things started to iron out with this very same people. And very nice. when I say unexpected, I mean like really unexpected. Like the universe was definitely involved in bringing people who had spread apart back together in its own unique way. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it, well, you know, it was a fascinating exercise. I'm curious because you haven't mentioned it at all this week. Have you been continuing the new challenge that you had given yourself? Or is what you're talking about today part of the new challenge? Oh, that's yeah, it's been ongoing. I mean, I am going to learn one of these days about how to give myself challenges properly because I gave myself the challenge of every time that something negative happens, I'm going to get positively buoyant. And sure enough, lots of negative things have been happening. So I really need to learn to rephrase my, my stuff. <laughs> but, and better uh, than rephrasing it, Shifting your energy. And shifting the energy, yeah, exactly, because that's even you can more important. You say any words you want, but the energy and the feeling you have behind it is what you're going to produce the result upon. Right. So. Of course, I'm, I am like everybody else. I am influenced by the words that I pick, so that's why words have a certain degree of power to them, and I just need to be a little more selective. That's all. <laughs> so have you changed the wording yet, then, for your challenge? That's a good question. I, I have to honestly say the answer is no, because I've been just – you know, I've been dealing with uh, react mode rather than proactive mode, but uh, I think I'll have to take advantage of the weekend to just kind of get myself into that place again, that good feeling place, and say, okay, how am I going to rephrase this? Because I don't like the way this has been going. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that that's something that it's kind of a, gosh, bugaboo is one of my favorite little phrases. It's one of the little bugaboos of life is to recognize I had a positive intention, but I didn't realize that I was actually bringing more negative energy to it than positive. Right. And most particularly because of the words that I chose, 
because I, I know you, Walt. What you were really wanting to do was to dissipate negative energy yeah. in a quick way yeah. where you would feel like you're becoming more the deliberate creator that you desire to be. Exactly. And that you would become great at pivoting from something unpleasant, boom, pivot to something pleasant. Um, and I have to say, I, I've been getting all kinds of opportunities to do exactly that. Just <laughs> <laughs> didn't really want to do it to the de degree that I'm getting them. I mean, some of them are like, whoa, hit you across the, the nose. Is like, <laughs> I said, how about something a little bit toned down, you know? <laughs> that so reminds me, when I, many years ago as a Christian, I heard it so often said by other churchgoers, you know, it's like, Oh gosh, be careful when you wish for patience because all of a sudden you get so many circumstances by which your patience is tried. <laughs> and, you know, understanding law of attraction today, I could say, well, because people, if somebody was focused on, I want to learn patience, you have to have some situations that normally you would feel a lack of patience in order to learn patience. This I mean, is true. at least that's the way that went. And so, you know, oh, I heard that one so very often. It's like, yeah, I'm working on patience. And oh, my gosh, this is not an easy thing. And it didn't dawn on me back then to, to say, well, maybe you should work on something else. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, if, if only we knew, right? Exactly. We didn't know that when you're working on patience, the energy you're really bringing into it is I'm impatient and I want to learn how to not be impatient. <laughs> yeah, it's a different so, feeling. So, but the emphasis is still on being impatient. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. That's kind of thing. So, how's how's your? I mean, you've been on vacation this week. Your day must have been great. I have. Um, yeah, you know, I went to my computer today to work on one specific thing, and I think it took me five hours before I got to it. I had one of those experiences where you click on one thing. And then, like, let's say I'm looking at an email, and it says, oh, we need you to go check out blah, blah, blah. So I go check that out, and then it makes me think, oh, you know, my credit card that I used for a whole bunch of online purchases just had the expiration date changed. So, gosh, I need to go into all those accounts and update my expiration date. And then I get into another account, and it says, well, you know, you're about to have the auto pay come through. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I wanted to change something before that. <laughs> and literally, it was just one thing after another. And I won't say any of it was unpleasant. It just was not expected, you know. And that was okay, too. And um, I can honestly say at this point, my desk is clear. It took me a whole week to get all the paperwork sitting on my desk of all these unfinished projects complete. So that's a nice feeling because my desk is clean. Um, I do have a really big project that I really wanted to work on this week, but I have a thing that when I have a bunch of unfinished stuff in my visual, it's really hard for me to work on something else. And if I move all that stuff out of the way, then I won't go back to it. And it, it was all important. So mm. this is the state of how I work. <laughs> I, I'm just, I continue to be fascinated both with the, the story I was kind of half telling without revealing the details of it and what you were just telling, how consistently the law of attraction delivers what we focus on most. Not intentionally, necessarily. You know, it wasn't we, we, we wanted. It's not like I really wanted to attract all these problems into my life. But nevertheless, because of the way I focused, you just kept saying, okay, here's a problem, here's a problem, here's a problem, here's a problem. It's like, stop! <laughs> but it delivers it so consistently. I mean, how how can we end up having any doubt anymore? That's the thing I wonder. 
So is there something specific about what I was sharing that caused you to think that same thing for me? Well, just that uh, uh, you were, I don't remember the exact details of what you said, so that's why I'm kind of fudging here, but um, oh, you, talked okay. about, you talked about how there was like a series of issues with credit cards and, and you know, things, oh, yeah, I want to take care of this, oh, I want to take care of that, and so it just kept feeding stuff to you. Stuff mm -hmm. just, just you, you were led from one to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. And honestly, that's, even though it might appear like busy work, it's stuff that is actually pleasant for me. Well, well that's good, yeah. I, I, yeah. It, it could be just as easily pleasant as unpleasant. That wasn't really the, the thing I was noticing. Yeah. What I was noticing was the consistency of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you focused and boom, it just kept, the law of attraction just kept sending stuff to you over and over and over and over. Like, wow. It always does and it always will. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's one of those things as we learn to notice what goes on, we begin to see, you know, what's the old uh, phrase, they have eyes, but they can't see. Well, the eyes are open now. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, it's happening everywhere. <laughs> well, an awareness in seeing things really is the key to being able to make any kinds of changes. You know, I mean, it's just as uh, the same as like anybody who's in a 12 step program. They say admitting you have a problem is the first step to working mm. on that problem yeah. but if you don't even notice it or you're not aware of it or you haven't figured it out yet there's nothing to work on <laughs> yeah, well true yeah makes it a little difficult yeah, yeah absolutely exactly. yeah well and awareness is good i mean i won't say that my experience of getting all these problems passed my way for me to practice you know feeling good over <laughs> has been a bad experience it, it certainly has it's actually been a, a personal stretching experience where i'm I'm stretching myself. Okay, here's one more time. Let's see if I can stretch myself to that happy place again. You know, it's, it's like doing exercises in the gym or something like that. But now you're doing it with full weights instead of you know uh, just a uh, you know hand handbell or something like that. It's like, oh, okay, we're pushing the real stuff now. <laughs> well, and learning to recognize that you know within everything that you consider unpleasant. There is not only the solution, but something that will bring ultimate happiness to you. Mm. It, it causes one to look at situations very differently. Yeah. That's you know, true. Um, you know, like when I get frustrated, when I realize I don't know what to do with this, you know, and I'm a little bit like, ah, I'll go, okay, so what in this ah is really working toward my highest and best good that I haven't pivoted yet? Therefore, I haven't begun to, you know, have it crack open for me. And usually when I get that, you know, have that re that memory or that remembrance of the truth that I know, I go, oh, yeah, let go of this. It's cool. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you have often pointed out how the, the story, I, the first story or the first chapter in our book, Your Daily Dose of Happy, which is called Home Sweet Home is an example of lots of determination on my part where I just never let go. I just kept, you know, going after something, no matter how many times I got knocked down, I kept getting back up. But it reminds me of kind of where I am today. I still have that level of perseverance, um, but I feel like I use it differently. Like I'll start to persevere and then I'll ask myself, okay, how much am I trying to control this versus allowing my inner being and the law of attraction and the universe to orchestrate things on my behalf in a way that it can be easy? It's a good question because I don't think it's a question most of us ask. But that's a question I've been asking because there's some stuff that 
I feel the feelings of what my perseverance feels like. Mm-hmm. And I'm not getting the result that I want. And now once upon a time when I didn't know law of attraction, that was a common occurrence and I didn't think anything of it. But now because I'm so used to having things come much more easily to me, when I'm not getting an answer as quickly as I want, it causes me to be frustrated. And I'm like, oh, like how much more do I need to do in order mm-hmm. to get this answer? And um, I was talking with my friend Rhonda yesterday and we were just laughing because we're both the same hard-headed, persevering people as each other is, ah. you know, and we work so hard to make things happen. And when she and I were talking the other day and she was saying how, you know, things just were not moving and she wasn't getting answers. And I said to her, I said, well, the insight I'm getting for you is that you're working too hard. You're working too hard to get the answers. You're working too hard, period. And she went, laughed and she said, oh, my mentor, my coach that I pay a lot of money for has been telling me, Rhonda, chill out, <laughs> just <laughs> chill, take it easy, relax. So, you know, she and I laughed about that. Well, that was a few days ago. Now, last night we were talking on the phone and now we were talking about my stuff. And she says, Wendy, I think you're efforting too much. I think you need to relax. You need to chill. And I went, oh, damn. I said, you're absolutely right. I'm working too hard. And the one thing I've learned over the last several years really being, you know, uh, having fun, being a deliberate creator is it doesn't take that much effort. But it does require that I take a chill pill and that I relax and that I be calm. And when I relax, the answers just pop in. And like yesterday morning, you know, when I was in that frustrated state, you know, I'm like, okay, inner being, tell me something. I need guidance. And then it was brush your teeth, get dressed, (laughs) go to the grocery store. And I'm like, huh. And for me, that is chilling. That is relaxing. You know, it's not working hard at trying to get the answers. And the answers began to flow as I took my chill pill by brushing my teeth, Mm -hmm. getting dressed. Going to grocery shopping. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, your story v- reminds me very much of something that Louise and I used to do back when our relationship was still relatively new. We were married, but it was still relatively new. And uh, she had previously been uh, a psychotherapist. She had had like a 10 year career or something like that as a psychotherapist, um, along with an, um, quite a bit of education before that. So she was, she's very well versed in the topic. And of course, when you're Married to somebody who is a former psychotherapist, you figure, well, geez, I'm going to pick her brain and learn some stuff about human psychology and so forth, right? So that's what I would do. And and she'd teach me stuff that she would, you know, teach to her clients and so forth. And, and I was getting quite the education. Well, there would also be times where she would, you know, be wrestling with something of her own thing. And I'd think, oh, well, that ties into what she was telling me before. So I tell her about that. And she says, damn, I can't get away with anything anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well... And, you know, the friends you hang out with, the partners you hang out with, oftentimes part of the connection is because you work on the similar vibrational things at the same time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't tell you how many times over the last three plus years I've been friends with Keisha that she would talk about something. I'd help her with it. I'd talk about something. She'd help me with it. And then we'd go, it's the same thing. I mean, energetically, at its essence, at its core essence, we were working on the same stuff. It's just that she had different people than I had and different circumstances than I had, but it was really all the same. 
Hmm. And we would, we just laughed at it. And it's like, well, that's a part of why we're in each other's life because we help each other see what the other one cannot. Um, As well as I think just energetically, we're kind of spinning the vortex together for us both to get, you know, what's important to us. Yeah. Oh, I think that's true for Louise and I as well. I I agree. I think that uh, there are people who either through pairing up or just through being friends or whatever, have that kind of, I don't know, co-creative experience using the Abraham uh-huh. terms. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's like we're all doing it together. And, and it, it's, a, it's a fun experience. It can be trying at times. It can, be, <laughs> it can be exhilarating at times. It can be frustrating at times. But boy, oh boy, what a great way to learn it is overall. Because you, you, you have that other I person. What, well, even my clients oftentimes mirror what I'm, I'm working on. Oh. Now, we may be at different levels of it, but, you know, if it's a relationship, it's a relationship. Yep. And if it's within the relationship, let's say, of learning how to let go of a certain thing, you know, it's like, huh, I may be trying to let go of a memory of something. This person may be trying to let go of something that's in their three-dimensional now reality. But nonetheless, it's like the energy of the two things feel the very same thing, mm-hmm. you know. It's true. And yeah. oftentimes I'll find myself saying something that my client feels is really profound and it's their takeaway for that session. And then a couple of days later, that very same thing will come back into my understanding like, oh, I need to utilize that as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like my inner being feeds it back to me and I'm like, whoa, that was really cool what I shared with so and so the other day because this is really impactful today. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So, you know. This Law stuff, of attraction is just a wondrous thing. It is. And it just keeps coming and coming with all kinds. Of, it, it, it comes in ways that we don't expect. It comes in ways that, whoa, where did that come from? But the more we notice, the more we realize it's coming from everywhere. It's, it's, it's coming in all directions. Sometimes I feel like I'm under attack. No, not really. But, but it, it is. It's just so ubiquitous. It's everywhere. It's just amazing. It is. So, you know, we haven't actually done anything with the book lately that we've been uh, talking about. I don't mean the one that uh, you and I helped to co-author, but The Law of Attraction, The Basics of the Teachings of Abraham by Esther and Jerry Hicks. We've been spending quite a bit of time over the last few months discussing it, and we just haven't gotten to it the last few days because we went off on some really interesting tangents. But uh, I I figure, you know, we should probably at least, you know, we're we're claiming to be doing this. I even punched it in each day on, okay, this is what the the pre-title is, and then we don't talk about it, and then I have to change the title to something else. But, you know, (laughs) that's par for the course. Well, I'm very okay with going forward and and working on the book today. Okay, well, then then that's what we will do. Um, I I think I may know why we didn't get to it. It's because the next topic is a little bit, it's one of those little difficult ones, one of those extreme topics that, oh, geez, wow, that's really painful. But... As you have pointed out on many occasions, it doesn't have to be painful. It just depends on our perspective. So let's see how it works out. This is another Jerry and Abraham conversation. So I'll do Jerry, and you can do Abraham. Uh, Jerry says, many people... Oh, I'm sorry. The topic says, what about the innocent little child? And Jerry says, many people will accept your basic premise about creating through thought, Abraham. But the point where I see a number of people stub their toes, so to speak, or find difficulty with your teachings is when they think about innocent children. They'll ask, but what about the little children? How could little children have thoughts that would bring them physical deformities, ill health, or violent invasion of their bodies of some sort? And Abraham said, it is because the babies have surrounded themselves by those who have those thoughts 
And so they have been receiving the essence of those thoughts. So Jerry asks, something like telepathy? Abraham says, that's correct. You see, long before a child is speaking, the child is thinking. But you cannot know how clear in thought that child is because he has not learned to verbally communicate with you. He is not yet communicating his thoughts. So Jerry confirms that the child is not thinking in words. That is, I can sense that a child is having thoughts long before he or she is speaking words. And Abraham says, the child is thinking and receiving vibrational thought from you on the day that he enters your environment. That is the reason why beliefs are transmitted so easily from parent to child, from parent to child, from parent to child. The child is vibrationally receiving your fears and your beliefs, even without your spoken word. If you want to do that which is of greatest value for your child, give thought only to that which you want, and your child will receive only those wanted thoughts. And while the the topic is a challenging one, I have to say that explanation really makes sense. Because I agree. That's probably one of the best worded explanations I've ever seen. Yeah. Of their stuff. I mean, that really makes sense. And I know it's something that is not necessarily easy to explain, especially to somebody who doesn't understand mm. law of attraction. Um, that's kind of the, I mean, where Jerry talks about this is where lots of people stub their toe on this one, so to speak. I totally agree. Um, I remember having a conversation with one of my dearest, dearest friends, and it, this was actually what I would call the thing upon which I think parted us mm. for a number of years. Wow. Because I was telling her about law of attraction and how excited I was to learn about it and how it was making such a positive difference in my life. And she was asking me questions, you know, like, well, how does this work? How does that work? So I was explaining it the best I knew how, and this was a long time ago. I didn't have as much articulation about the principles as I do today. Mm. Um, but I was still explaining it with my exuberance in the best that I could. And um, she said, well, do you think you'll be teaching this someday? And I said, probably, because I'm a teacher to the core of my being. So probably she goes, you think you'll be in a public forum? And I said, perhaps I'm open to that. And so she said, okay, well, then I think it's really important that you know how to answer some of the really tough questions. And I'm like, okay. And so she, she threw at me this, basically this question. Well, you know, how, how do you defend the law of attractions perspective on why innocent babies, you know, have tragedies in their life? And I'm like, oh, leave it to my friend to throw up this one. <laughs> <laughs> That's what friends and are for. <laughs> yeah, and I did the best that I could to explain it. And I really think I did a pretty darn accurate job based on what Abraham said. I was explaining it from an energetic standpoint, saying, you know, babies are like sponges, and they pick up every energy around them. And even if a parent takes a baby to a crowded restaurant – they're picking up the energies of all the people in that restaurant, you know, which is why for me, I'm really cautious. I think it's important for a new parent to be really cautious about where they bring their child. And so, you know, I was explaining, like I said, the best that I could. And she just said, well, that doesn't make sense. That seems so unfair, you know, and I said, you know, I don't know all the answers. I just know how this has helped me. And she just really stuck with it. Unless you know how to answer this question, you know, um, you're going to get yourself in big, big trouble. And I said, well, you know, the, the 
the way I see it is those that have ears to hear will. Mm. And those that don't won't. This is true. And yeah. I said, it doesn't matter what I teach or what I'm talking about to other people. There will always be people who misunderstand. And there will always be people who don't want to understand. Mm -hmm. And I have no control over that. Yeah. In fact, you know, my, I so mean, for, for these kinds of questions, my favorite response is one that others don't like so much, but I feel very comfortable with it. And that is, I don't hold the law of attraction responsible for X. In this case, X is um, innocent little children attracting stuff to their lives. I don't hold the law of attraction responsible for that for the same reason that I don't hold the law of gravity responsible for injuring a child when a child falls off a table onto the floor. It's not the That's law of gravity's way. fault. I don't think of it that way. It doesn't make any sense to right. me to say it's the law of gravity's fault, and it doesn't make any sense to me to say it's the law of attraction's fault. That that's just the way I see it. But I do understand there are people who, they, once they get a perspective on it, they don't want to shift that perspective. And and you know, I I, I kind of feel for them because when you get in that place, that, that's a very unpleasant place to be in. So I, I feel for them. But by the same token, they're treating a law as if it were an acting agent of the devil or something. And, and that just doesn't make sense. Well, and I think your answer is quite good. I'm, I hope I remember it because I want to borrow it. <laughs> oh, well, you feel free, you know, no copyright. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it is really good. I think maybe where the, the bigger question comes into play is because it's called the law of attraction. Honestly, I don't know who called it that first. And if you don't believe in Abraham or you don't believe in somebody receiving the energy of um, consciousness, which Abraham is, then it's, it's kind of like it, it just starts to unravel because it's kind of like you have to understand one thing to understand another, to understand another, to understand another, because it's a foundational kind of awareness. At least that's how I see it. Mm. Um, so if I'm trying to prove to somebody who doesn't believe in messages that are being received by a human from the collective consciousness, it's, I'm going to be really hard pressed to say, well, Abraham's the one who calls it a law. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so that's kind of why. And uh, for me, I don't like to get into debate with people and those who are going to believe, let them believe. And those who believe what I do, those are the ones I'm generally matched up with. Um, and so it hasn't surprised me that I haven't talked to that friend of mine. Gosh. For maybe six or seven years now. Wow. Wow. Oh, my oh, goodness. Maybe not that long. I, I remember the last time I talked to her, it was somewhere around my divorce, and I've been divorced for six years. So okay. I know we have, we've popped in with each other on Facebook to wish each, with each, uh, wish each other happy birthday. Oh, that's good. There's other, other significant things. So we're not, like, disconnected. Oh, that's good. But I would say she doesn't feel safe to me to talk with because mm. if – you know, because she's off in a very, very profound, solid Christian lifestyle, mm. and I'm living my lifestyle. And we always, when we, you know, we're friends for 20 plus years, we always talked about our spiritual beliefs. We actually were roommates um, at, at Bible college. That's how oh, we met. I see. Uh -huh. okay. So that was kind of the foundation of right. our friendship. And so when the spiritual beliefs for me started going in a different direction, I was very cautious about how I shared what I did, mm. um, but 
and she was accepting, but I think now I've gone way too extreme for her taste. <laughs> yeah, I see. Yeah, well, sure, and I can understand that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I have, I, I have not a particular story like that, but I certainly don't have a lot of religious friends in my life, and I think that's part of the reason why I, I just don't think about stuff the way the traditional Christian approach thinks about. It. I just don't. Even though I was brought up at a Christian church, even though I became a communicant member of the church, I just I, I left shortly afterward because I just couldn't bring myself to align my beliefs with that, what they were teaching. I just couldn't do it. So it makes total sense to me that I would also wouldn't align with people who believe that stuff. I mean, we just where, where's the commonality? You know. You know, as of late, the things that you and I have been talking about, and the things that I have been. Um, just paying attention to in terms of like different um, information and different programs and different websites that I've been watching. I'm seeing a lot that has to do with science. Mm. And I find it kind of interesting because when I was in um, high school, I was a freshman or a freshman in high school. I remember taking biology and the teacher that I had was very, non-Christian. Mm. He called himself an atheist, so he did not believe in God. Okay. And he taught, he was teaching, you know, um, basically what I would consider the Big Bang Theory. And I was a hardcore Christian. I think I was 14 at the time. Ah. And you know, I was parroting um, what my family talked about, what my church talked about. And, you know, I'm, a, I'm an A student. So if they said it, I had it memorized and I could like <laughs> regurgitate it and out it came. And so my teacher knew that I was definitely believing in, in the creation model. And I knew that he didn't. And so, you know, in class, he would, you know, talk about things and he'd ask questions. And of course, I was in the back and I was like making all my Christian, you know, stands as far as this is the right way to believe. And what was kind of <laughs> ironic is he was a new teacher and there were a lot of kids in our class that did not like him. And he, he came across as really cocky. Oh. And so even kids in my class that weren't Christians and could have cared less about Christianity, they were all on my side oh, because dear. they saw that I was challenging the teacher. They, I was challenging the authority. Oh, geez. Um, so it kind of became a big deal. But I remember when it came time to take a, a test, um, it was really hard for me because he put the question out there. I knew full well what he wanted me to answer. Right. I know what he taught, but it so disagreed with my personal theology, I answered it according to my belief system. Oh, yeah. Hoping that he would respect that and that he knew I knew what he believed. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, and so I ended up getting a B in that course. Whoa, that's better and than I, I would have thought. I, I thought it was going to be much lower than that, so I give him credit for no. giving you that much. <laughs> well, I mean, I was scoring A's on most tests. It was just because biology is a bigger subject than just one test. Oh, true. Well, that, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But that brought, I did not know anything about this until I got to my senior year that I had all, and I mean, I did know, well, I had all straight A's except for this one B in my freshman year. And because of that, I was not valedictorian. Oh, my. I was salutatorian, which is like second, right. you know. And even though I was proud to do that, had I known, <laughs> had I known the consequences of sticking to my principles, 
Yes, I would, for the sake of getting an A, <laughs> I would have defied my principles because I knew what I knew yeah. and I knew what he knew. I just chose to answer it in a way that I thought, you know, was more defiant. Um, but those are, those are just like the sticky little things that I think about from a religious perspective. You know, when I think about it today, I'm like, you know, I knew what I believed, but did I really believe it? Or was I just, like I said, parroting it? because it's what other people said is the correct belief system. Good question. And it's probably more of the second, hmm. that I was just parroting it. Um, and, you know, I, I just think about how many years I did that until the internal conflict of what I was doing because others told me to do it and say it and believe it was no longer congruent with what I felt inside. And maybe it was never congruent. But, you know, when I was really young, you know, I just bought whatever my parents told me. Um, but then as uh, I was getting older, I was questioning things. And I would say that's one of the things that I consider to be one of the most prominent characteristics within me that I teach other people because I think it's a good one, which is challenge everything, not in a way of defiance and being ugly, but don't just take thoughts hook, line and sinker because someone says it. Oh, I agree. Yeah, you know. I had a social studies teacher who expressed it as question everything, and I, I thought that was just really, you know, I, I actually didn't like most of the course, but that part stuck with me really well. Yeah, I agree. Question everything. Yeah. Question everything. And I've used it. I've used it all my life. I used it with the law of attraction. When I first got exposed to the secret, I questioned all of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was really intrigued. Don't get me wrong. But every step of the way, I'm questioning, yeah, so what does that mean? So how does that play out? Well, what about this over here? I, I mean, it was just one thing after another in my mind. If, if there had been some way to measure all the thoughts of questioning that I had had, I could have spewed out an entire book in about a half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when I first learned about Law of Attraction, I, I think it was in 2001 or 2002, when my friend had handed me a cassette tape of you know one of the workshops and the i and she then subsequently would gave me some more tapes i think i had maybe about 10 or 12 but as i listened to them it felt like incomplete information like i was reading the middle of a book and in a way that really was the case because to listen to abraham you kind of have to at least the way i see it, you kind of have to listen to it for a long time mm. because it's not like when you're listening to workshops or, or going to workshops or listening to uh, YouTube clips that they ever say, okay, you know, chapter one in the beginning, blah, blah, blah. Now upon that, here's this next thing, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. It's more a myriad of little pieces and parts, right? You know, unlike their book that I think they do a good job of kind of a start to finish thing. But when you're listening to Abraham through the way I was, which is their workshops, it's just a little here, a little there, and it's based on questions that come from individuals. And so, you know, I heard them make some statements that seemed pretty lofty, and I couldn't figure out for the world how to make them happen or how it really worked. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of, I thought it was exciting, and it felt good but it didn't make enough sense to me. 
Oh, and this is actually what I wanted to say before is I've become much more scientifically based than I ever knew I was. Really? Because back in my biology class as a freshman, I was so Christian oriented. Everything that I, everything that science couldn't figure out was kind of a jab to say, see, scientists don't know everything. You don't understand God because God does miraculous things all the time that cannot be um, measured. They can't be proven. It's like when you believe in God, you're just believing in something with your faith. Mm -hmm. It's not something you can see. And interestingly, and I think this has a lot to do with the different programs that I pay attention to because I'm very interested in science and nature and biology, you know, ecology, etc. I still will say to this day, not everything can be measured because our scientists have do not yet have the technology to measure everything. And in some cases, they haven't been asking maybe the right questions mm. to move toward the technology that could help them measure certain things. But I do believe at the very base of all of life, there is some, some scientific evidence, or I should say there is something scientific behind everything that occurs in nature. And just because we don't understand it doesn't mean there isn't something scientific going on behind the scenes. Whereas as a Christian, a lot of my belief system was based on just trusting and having faith in something I didn't know or couldn't explain. Mm. And today, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not holding fast to any system but if I don't understand how it happened, I no longer go, oh, we'll see, it was a miracle. You know, there was some unforeseen higher power that just like waved their magic wand and went poof and made it happen. Mm -hmm. Now I'm willing to say, no, there's science behind it. And just because I don't know what it is doesn't mean it wasn't there. I mean, gravity is science, but there once was a time that humanity didn't understand it. Not only did humanity not understand it, but the person who was promoting it was persecuted by the church for it. And who is that? Who who was it? Think of an apple. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Sir Isaac Newton. Oh, new. Okay, see, that's a part of science that I'm yeah. just not all that up on. Yeah. Um, because through his, so, and I'm through, not through even the a, apple, I'm not even a historian of science, but I just have a, an innate belief not because of anything that someone's told me. This is because this comes from within me, mm. that there mm. is a reason that everything occurs. Mm -hmm. I just may not know what that reason is. And for me, that's my scientific evidence. I know that might sound corny, but that's my thing. I know that there's science behind everything, even if I can't figure it out what it is. Because... It's like I don't, uh, and I don't mean to say this in a unkind way or in a oh my god she's such a Debbie Downer. I don't <laughs> believe in miracles today. I don't. What does that mean? Because, well, because as a Christian, a miracle was something you couldn't know how it happened. God just waved his magic wand and poof, you got it. Oh, I see. And so for me, I don't believe in that kind of miracle. I do believe that if somebody got up out of their wheelchair and walked. There was some physiological, scientific reason that took place inside of a person's mind, spirit, and body 
that allowed that to occur. But in the church, it was, no, it was a miracle. God just did it. Like the person had nothing to do with it, you know, and it's like we prayed it into being. Okay. But I believe even prayers have energy. Prayers change things. Energy changes things. Yeah, I could buy it wasn't. That. It just wasn't a poof, and now it such and such happened. I mean, when, when, I, when I think of miracles or I think of something along that line uh, or magic, um, I, I like the definition. I can't remember who came up with it, but someone came, some famous person came up with the definition that any uh, sufficiently advanced form of science that we don't yet understand constitutes magic. <laughs> I agree. And I mean, I talk about things being magical, but how I define magical is not from the perspective of it somebody literally could wave a magic wand and just make something occur without there being scientific something behind it mm -hmm. that has to do with energy and vibration and thought and matter and atoms and molecules and electrons. I mean, I believe all of those things are a part of making things occur. We just may not know what they are specifically. Well, thank you for helping to be a, a co-creator of it because you, like so many others, <laughs> helped make that happen by believing in it. That's great. <laughs> well, and it's like I'm very happy I can flip a light switch on in a room and it flips on my ceiling fan. It flips on the light. And I know that there's electricity wires behind the wall, but I honestly don't really understand how electricity current works. Mm. I have the most base understanding, but I'm glad it works. Sure. But I, I'm not so foolish to think that that little plastic switch on the wall is the thing that actually creates the, the, the light to go on. Mm -hmm. I know there's a whole bunch of science behind that, that wall plate. Oh, yeah, absolutely there is. You know, and that's kind of what I'm saying. There's a whole bunch of science that goes on between, behind all the things that we call miracles. You know, and Just some of it is I, undiscovered science, that's all. Exactly. See, there you go again, just simplifying my very long-winded answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's undiscovered science. <laughs> it's undiscovered science. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. yeah. Exactly. Well, on the other hand, I'm not sure the word all really belongs in there because it, I could just as easily replace it with A-W-E. That's awe. Oh, wow. It's undiscovered and it's so cool. <laughs> it is so cool. Yeah. I mean, the very fact that our planet exists I sure as heck do not even have the foggiest idea how it really happened, but I feel pretty darn certain a lot of science took place behind it. A lot of science behind it. <laughs> All right, then. You heard it here first. We live in a scientific world. You do. Okay, so let's see what else Abraham is going to talk about here. You ready okay. to go to the next section? Yeah, sure. The next one is entitled... Uh, shouldn't others fulfill their agreements with me? And, and that actually cues something in my mind before we go into it, which is um, we have sort of a longstanding agreement with our listeners to keep providing really interesting and fun and daily dose of happy content. And much to our delight, they keep listening. Um, they listen in large numbers uh, to large numbers of episodes every single month. So I just want to take a moment to, first of all, thank our loyal listeners because we love you. We think you're terrific. And we love it when we hear from you, too. And also to invite those of, you who, those of you who have not yet become subscribers, those who are new to us, 
you know, get the, get the episodes sent to your, your smartphone every day so you can have as many available at your fingertips whenever you want to play them. I mean, some people just kind of binge play them. There are some people, you know, they'll line them all up and then they'll just play them for an entire Saturday or something, uh, just listening to LOA Today throughout the day. So, you know, make it available for yourself because it's a great resource. It makes you feel good. I mean, we talk about stuff that is not negative, that actually feels good, that has lots of positive component to it, and, you know, makes you feel like you didn't waste your time. You actually spent your time building your own energy. So, you know, we encourage you to become a subscriber, and it's so easy to do. You go to the homepage, LOAToday.net is the website, and right there, right in the middle, just below the, uh, the, the live player for listening to the live broadcast, you'll see it, where to subscribe, how to subscribe. All the instructions are right there. So please take a moment to subscribe and then share the fact that you've done it with your friends. So just want to make sure we got that agreement in there. <laughs> Absolutely. So shouldn't others fulfill their agreements with me? That's the, the next question Jerry's raising. And, and the way he phrases it is this. Abraham, regarding allowing, I still have creeping into my mind an old saying. One has a right to swing their arms as much as they want, which to me was allowing, as long as they don't interfere with my right to swing my arms or as long as they don't hit me in the nose. In other words, as I, it's a good analogy. As I go through life and I'm allowing other people to be, do, and have whatever they want, if that interferes with something we have previously agreed to in business, sometimes it's a little difficult not to at least call for a sticking to our agreement or to the fulfilling of their responsibilities as we had previously agreed. And Abraham says, as long as you have concern that another can interfere in your experience, or that another can swing his arms into your face, then you do not really understand how it is that you get what you want. You can begin today to think only of what you want and then today to attract only what you want. Your, questions co your question comes forth because yesterday or some point in your past, you did not understand this and you were inviting through your thoughts those who swing their arms into your face. And so now, in this moment, you ask, what do I do about it? <laughs> if there are those in your experience who are swinging their arms in an uncomfortable way, take your attention from them, and they will go away. And in their place will come those who feel comfortable to you, who are in, in harmony with you. But when you – hang on just a second. I'm switching pages here. <laughs> but what usually happens is as they swing their arms – as they do the things you do not want them to do, you give your attention to that. You get angrier about it. You get more upset about it. And by the law of attraction, you attract more of that essence of that until you soon have more than one in your experience. There are two or three or many. Take your attention from that which does not please you. Put your attention upon that which does please you, and you will then change the momentum. Not instantly, but it will begin to change. If every morning for the next 30 days, you begin your day by saying, I intend to see, I want to see, and I expect to see no matter what I am working with, no matter who I am talking with, no matter where I am, no matter what I am doing, I intend to see that which I want to see. If you do this, you will change the momentum of your life experience. And all things that now displease you will be gone from your experience and will be replaced by things that you do please by things that do please you it is absolute it is law i, I have to admit the first time that I, I read this and even as you're reading it right now 
there's a little voice inside of me that says, this is just like blue elephant dust. Do you, do you know that joke about blue mm-hmm. elephant dust? Oh. There's a story. Um, the, two neighbors are outside their, their houses in suburbia, and one of them is spraying this, this blue stuff around, and the other guy is saying, what are you spraying there? He says, blue elephant dust. The guy says, blue elephant dust? What's that for? Well, it's to keep the blue elephants away. Why would you want to keep blue elephants away? There aren't any blue elephants. See, it works. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll be honest with you. That's a funny story, but I'm not quite sure I understand how it relates to this. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know of a whole lot of people who have experiences with people swinging arms in their faces. Oh. I mean, it's just not part of my experience. I don't walk down the street and see a whole bunch of people swinging their arms in each other's faces. It's like blue elephants. There aren't any. Okay, now I get that piece. So in the last paragraph here, this, this part I think is interesting, and I do want to read it again. Because here's an affirmation that they're suggesting that we could do for 30 days, and it would change our life experience. Okay. And it's, I want to see. I, I want, no, I intend to see, I want to see, I expect to see, no matter who I am working with, no matter who I'm talking to, and no matter where I am, and no matter what I'm doing, I intend to see that which I want to see. I mean, that's like, I don't know, that now that feels like magic. <laughs> you could like literally, you could like literally say that. Oh, that's funny. For 30 days. Um, okay, and I, I, I know the reason I'm saying it feels like magic. It's because that feels unreasonable to me. <laughs> I mean, if Abraham's saying you can do it, I want to believe that. But at the same time, now here's what I know about law of attraction. If I enter into this for 30 days with the belief of, I don't believe this works. Yeah. <laughs> it won't. That's true. <laughs> but if you go into it believing, kind of like if you go into it with a sense of innocence and like, oh, I didn't know that this is something you could do. Okay, I really do intend to see this. I really do intend to have all the things that I desire to be all that I do see. I could see how that could happen, but I almost want to say, okay, this is going to sound really negative. Like that only works if this is first the first day of life experience as a human. Why do you say that? Well, because I feel like we have so many filters that have already told us, you know, that like life is not as easy as one would want it to be. You know, and if it was as easy as just doing this incantation for 30 days, that poof, we'd have what we want. I would never have a client (laughs) because these things just don't seem as though they come quite that easily. But I don't know. Well, I'm thinking about your I'm thinking about your statement that you you would have trouble believing it and you'd be more likely to believe that it wouldn't happen. And and literally, I was playing that out in my mind and I was saying to myself, Okay, so if I were to rephrase this to match what what your suspicion, what your your questioning was all about, then I intend to see, I want to see, I expect to see, no matter who I'm working with, no matter what I'm talking with, no matter where I am, no matter what I'm doing, except I don't think it's going to happen. So I'm going to get a whole series of, event, of events showing me that it can't happen. And here's the, here's the rub in it. If I get a whole series of events showing me that it can't happen, I didn't attract that? <laughs> 
it's like how do you I don't, I don't see how to get out of that puzzle i don't see how to get out of that thing it's like it's like you're trying to not you personally but one is trying to disprove the 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 way that the the mantra works the way that the i don't know what they call it the affirmation trying to mm-hmm. disprove how the affirmation works and in so doing they prove the affirmation works <laughs> And I do get that. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, if I was trying to prove to our listening audience that I was perfect in every way, I would not have been so bold as to have said what I really thought. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. There's something about every time I hear Abraham saying, if you do this for 30 days, I roll my eyes. Well, I think we all do. Because 30-day programs. I I mean, we've all heard so many of them. It's like, oh, God, here's another one. Right. All right. (laughs) You know, and and yeah, and that could be it. And that's why I say, if you tell this to me on day one of my human experience, maybe this would be an easy thing to buy. Mm. But because I've had a lot of experience of just do this for 30 days or just do this for 21 days or just do this for 60 days. It's kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then add it to add it in with the phrase of, but if I can do it, you can do it. <laughs> yeah, right. Now that to me is a real crock. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> I hate that phrase. If I can do it, you can do it because there's so many variables. Um, but that being said, if you could align with the, if you could align with your inner being, that doing this for 30 days will absolutely net you the results that Abraham is saying, I totally believe that that can happen mm. because you have to be aligned with it. So you could tell by my very candid comment, I was not aligned to that idea. <laughs> this is true, it. yes. <laughs> As a matter of fact, oh, this is a really funny story. I could tell this quickly. Um, Many years ago, when I worked in a costume company, um, the costume designer that I worked with had this um, cassette tape, and it was um, a hypn- subliminal tape for weight loss. And the co- the idea was, if you listen to this every night while you're sleeping, and back in the day, you know, we had cassette tapes that would loop, and they would play the thing over and over and over. Um, you just listen to it every night. It was guaranteed to help you lose weight. So I asked if I could borrow the cassette and he said, oh, sure, I'm not listening to it anymore. So I took it home and for two weeks, I played it religiously, had the tape recorder next to my bed, hit play as I was falling off to sleep. And when I woke up the next morning, I would hit stop. And so for a good seven, eight hours, however long I was asleep, this weight loss subliminal tape played. During this time, you were not supposed to alter your eating. It's kind of like whatever the subliminal messages were, that would alter it for you. So you didn't have to go on any particular diet program or exercise program, and you're not supposed to weigh yourself during this time. Okay. Okay. After two weeks, I went, okay, well, I'm supposed to have some results by now. Mm -hmm. So I stepped on the scale, and I had magically gained seven pounds. (laughs) Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) And I laughed. Because I'm like, okay, well, that did what it was totally not supposed to do. (laughs) But I liken it to this affirmation that Abraham's given us. Because I was not aligned 
to the concept that I could just listen to a subliminal tape and it would change my body to the point that it would drop weight. As a matter of fact, because of my Christian upbringing, I was taught never to listen to subliminal programming because if you did, the devil would slip his way in there and start messing around with your life. And that was called giving like an open door to the devil. And so this was kind of a challenge for me because I desperately wanted the lost weight part, but I didn't want to give the devil a foothold in my mind because that's what I was told would happen. So when the whole thing was said and done, I laughed at it. And I thought the one thing I felt, if anything, I had proven was that I was so powerful in my intention that the devil will not get a foothold in my mind, that the way I proved it to myself that I was that powerful is by gaining weight instead of losing. Okay. <laughs> sure. Whatever. <laughs> so that which you are aligned to, you know, is what you can manifest. And I was aligned to the fact that I was powerful enough that I was not going to let the devil get in my head and mess with me. <laughs> Which, as so a I Christian, like I, I guess I would understand if I were in that same kind of place, I'd probably, you know, want to be in the same way. I, for me, I, I just don't like subliminals because they give me a headache. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, to each his own. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of proved the point that I think I, I subliminally wanted to prove. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> to myself. <laughs> But to suffice it to say, I think this is a really excellent affirmation. And I do mean that seriously. And I believe that if I really wanted to accomplish this and I could and, and I would do the work to get in alignment with this, I believe this would be an awesome thing to do because it would change your focus. Because Jerry was focusing on the person swinging his arms into his face. And Abraham was making the point. The only reason that that would happen is because you're already focused on somebody swinging their arms into your face. But if you weren't even thinking about somebody doing anything to hurt you and you were only focused on the positive aspects, that's what you would bring into your life. Now I'm wondering. I mean, I've never thought in terms of anybody swinging arms in their face. I've never seen anybody do it. I mean, you have to turn on like a boxing match in order to see something like that. I wonder if now for the next couple of days I'm going to be inundated by examples of people swinging their arms in their faces just because we were talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> very possibly <laughs> you never know <laughs> which just points right back to well it kind of points back to the affirmation but there really is value in recognizing you want to be careful what, about what what you focus on because you get the essence of what you focus on especially when it has emotion attached to it and boy oh boy do we find different ways to <laughs> track stuff we didn't intend to unintended consequences well, and you know what's interesting is right now it's dawning on me that what we just read and all the silliness that I just talked about really goes back to what we started with at the very beginning of the show, which had to do with, you know, you had asked that you, um, you could pivot so that you wouldn't be focused on negative things and that you could move towards positive this things. This is true. Yeah, that's right. But you've acknowledged <laughs> that you set it up in such a way you were probably focusing more on what you didn't want instead of what you did want. Exactly. So therefore, you got more of what you did not want. <laughs> and with that lofty thought in mind, I think this draws to the close another week's <laughs> worth of your daily dose of happy. But Wendy, it's been a pleasure. I hope you have a great oh. weekend. 
Thank you. I hope everyone else has a great weekend, too. (laughs) Well, I'm sure everyone will. And we hope that you'll join us next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye for now.